Welcome to the Obsessed Cast. I'm Henry. And I'm Brendan. And let's get obsessive. This week, you guys asked us to talk about the most effective way to communicate. I think this is going to be interesting because I would say we had that a lot less time to bake on this one. A lot less time. <laughs> and as well, I would say I'm not known for my communication skills. Neither am I. And I would say neither are you. Um, But I have learned... For instance, one of the best things that you've ever said to describe me is that it takes me three to five business days to respond to a text, which I think is insanely accurate. Yeah, you've gotten a lot better over the years, I I will say. But Yeah. yeah, I've had to learn how to be better at communicating because not only is it important if you want to get stuff done, it's also important for people you care about that you're good at communicating and uh, it can just be an exhausting process filtering your communication through this lens of how am I going to do this effectively what is the purpose of communicating this what do I want to get out of it what do I want to uh, convey to this person how do I want them to respond like there's so many variables to communicating well and um, I think I'm bad at every single one of them yeah but I, I I've learned you a lot are bad at all of them. I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot <laughs> through being bad at it. I, one benefit, one advantage to being bad at it is I've had to make it a priority. Yeah. And so I've learned a lot about it. And so I feel like I've got an edge up on people when I'm being intentional and focused and making it right. a priority. Yeah. So like I've learned how to do it well. Yeah, I can communicate a lot more in less words I can get my point across more intentionally I feel like than I used to be able to because I have to intentionally decide to communicate and so therefore I have to force myself to communicate in less words well than I used to communicate in it used to take me a lot longer to get my point across but now I'm able to kind of if I don't want to text as if not don't want to if I want to communicate properly with the amount of energy that I put into communication, I have to do it more effectively. Yeah. Like I said, it can be exhausting. So having a strategy is really important. I think that doing it the way kind of breaking this into two pieces, like I like to, there's two sides, there's what you say and it's, and that's one element of it. And then it's the person you're saying it to or the group or the people you're saying it to. And so I think when it comes to you have to you have to first identify who it is and what way do they uh how do they best receive the thing you're trying to communicate them to. Some people for example, some people like myself, I just want to know in the most efficient way possible what are you trying to tell me? Right. So let's say I dropped the ball on something. I want you to tell me, Brendan, you messed this up in this way. You need to fix it. I don't want to be, you know, sat down and say, hey, you know, I really just think, you know, we could be doing a better job at this and you're doing really good at this and all of these different things. And it's like, 
I I can't hear. I just get lost. I just get yeah. lost. I go off in the tangent in my head. I think the same thing goes for me with praise as well. I don't like to hear fake empty praise. I I tell my wife this all the time. I also hate small talk that performs the same function as mm. like let's go a better let's go a different way. I hate small talk like at movie theaters. I'm there to pick up my ticket, grab a popcorn and a soda. I don't need you asking me about my day. That's why I avoid Dutch Bros like the plague. Yes. I've actually I've pulled up to Agreed. a Dutch Bros. They asked me how my day was and I feel I do feel bad about this because I feel like I messed up socially a little bit but i said no <laughs> they just they, i mean it's, I, they caught me at a bad time i said they said hi how's your day what are you doing today i said nope and then after they handed me the drink i was like i'm sorry just can't do it today i appreciate you how often how often have you gone to a movie theater they've said enjoy your movie and you've said you too or enjoy once your meal. I saw that, you too. Once I saw that meme, I did it a lot less. I do the enjoy your meal one a lot, but mm-hmm. the movie one does not for me. Yeah, because you almost make it an active priority to not yeah. be that guy. Right. <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with you. I I think it's interesting, interesting though, because I think you you if you start with why you communicate in the first place, I'm the kind of person I communicate to get something done. I communicate to get a point across. I communicate to move the needle forward. I do not like to communicate for the sake of communicating. I'm not good at small talk, like you said. I don't see the purpose of it. I was getting coffee today. I've had my AirPods in, and I'm like in my own world, right? Yeah. And the guy's you know, talking to me about, oh, have you tried our medium roast coffee? And I'm like, I didn't even hear him, so I had to you know, turn off my music. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm, you know disrespectful or maybe I'm rude because I had my AirPods in in the first place. Like, sure, I, I give you that, but I don't. It should not require me changing my environment to participate in his small talk routine. But is, that's the question, right? Is is it selfish for me to not yes, want to participate? and that should be okay. Yes, it's absolutely selfish, and yes, that should absolutely be okay. We should be allowed to be selfish with our time and our brain energy. I I don't want to spend my brain energy telling a Dutch Bros employee who doesn't care and who is trained to ask me these questions what I'm doing with the rest of my day. Sure, It's a waste of my time. But they don't understand that because they they don't look at the world through that lens of, of what's the next step. What's the effectiveness thing? Or, oh, I'm here's how it was explained to me by somebody who I trust a lot. He said, You don't realize that you put more effort into thinking than most people do. So it's not just that we all think this, the I used to think we all think the same amount, like we all have the same amount of thoughts. And sure, white noise, you know, inner monologue, that's probably the truth. But most people don't get fixated. And most people don't spend the same amount of effort and energy on on honing the thing that they're thinking about or perfecting or simulating or projecting or whatever, saying, okay, I've been thinking about um, this topic since I got in the shower this morning and I've I've like almost like hit my face 
on a cabinet that was open because I was so in my head thinking about the thing. Most people, or at least a lot of people, like the person who you met at Starbucks, probably doesn't have that mode. So yes, I should be allowed to be who I am and think the way I want to think. However, how am I? How can I say that that's something I'm allowed to do if I'm not willing to effectively communicate to the people around me that that's what my needs are? Like you're allowed how to have having, your needs. How is having two AirPods in your ears and walking away not communicating that need? I think that for it's a lot of so people, rude. they pick up that social cue, but some people don't. A lot don't. of people do not. A lot of people do not. Some people do, but a lot of people don't pick up on that. Do you look at that person as you're walking by? No. Because you have to be paying some attention to that person for you to even notice that they said something to you. Not when because you don't if have you just have if you just have two headphones in your ear and you walk out the door and someone says to, says something to you and you didn't hear it, you're oblivious to the fact that you may have just blew this guy off and he didn't know and you didn't you know you didn't know and so I mean you're not guilty you didn't even know what happened, but. Do you if not- you have the awareness to stop what you were doing, to acknowledge that he tried to talk to you, you gave him some form of social cue of attention, attentiveness, even if it's just looking at him. And once you do that, I don't think some people even need a social cue. They just need a presence. I think that that's probably true. <laughs> I, I'm trying to... Okay. He, Here's here's the thing, right? We all have our needs and our our the ways that we like to live live our lives, right? And maybe the person at the coffee shop should understand that when you got headphones in, you're not trying to talk. But I mean, if you're ordering coffee and you're engaging in this dialogue, it's I think an appropriate thing for the person who's taking your order to expect some level of engagement from you other than just here's my order i'm not talking to you for the rest of this transaction that's what i want from people ordering from me when i used to be a barista i understand that but we've already established that maybe there's a maybe a an underdeveloped communication skill here <laughs> and so i'm trying to determine what is the most effective way to communicate the answer is not to not communicate at all because yeah, because then you're not effectively However, communicating. You're not. You're just not communicating. Isn't it like eighty percent of communication completely nonverbal? So that's what a I'm good saying question. Is, is it? Stop talking to me. When I'm trying to pick up coffee. That's the thing. It's the inane. It's like the inane, non-useful small talk. Like yeah. when I'm waiting for my order, I just, I just, it, it's. I'm, I'm just. I don't no, want it either. There's no purpose for either person. It's not like it makes them feel good. Maybe it does. No, it makes them feel less awkward about filling I, a space. I don't think of that's silence. always true because there are people that socially recharge from engagement with other people. I just I, I don't know that that's true. But I physically don't understand it in term in the sense that. I can acknowledge that something is true. Okay, great. Some people recharge with other people. I don't get that at all. Zero. In fact, it is a constant stream downwards. My energy and my social battery is a constant, it's constantly running low. 
And the way I recharge, the way I replug in is I get time by myself and it's always by myself and it's only by myself. So you're right. When I go to the coffee shop, I don't want to talk to anybody, but maybe if I want coffee and I don't want to talk to anybody, I should probably make it at my house because if I'm going to go out and engage with the world, I should probably be prepared to engage with the world. I wish it didn't work that way. I really do, but I think that's how it works. And so the question is not, do I want to communicate? I'm with you. I don't want to communicate <laughs> about anything. You're it's talking just, to the Google routines guy. This just turned into a whole rant of Henry doesn't like to have small talk. That, yeah. that just came out of nowhere. I need to, <laughs> I need to deal with that in other ways. Okay. I think yes. that you're right. It's not ideal to communicate, but that's even better because if you don't like communicating, then you have to learn how to communicate effectively and you also have to learn how to be communicated to effectively. That's a part that I think people don't talk about a lot. I've had to get really abundantly clear with a lot of the people I work with very closely on how I like to be communicated to, right? I like yeah. emails because emails have a really easy thread. You can follow it. There's a paper trail. It's easy for accountability purposes. It's easy for reference if you need to go back and reference and make and double check the only thing that digital communication is not great for is tone mm. right so mm -hmm. a lot of the time you'll misinterpret the tone but i misinterpret the tone when i talk to somebody to their face so if i can and they misinterpret yours <laughs> absolutely and so <laughs> that may not be the best way to communicate to somebody like my wife my wife is not going to communicate the same way with email, right? She needs a face-to-face -face interaction. She needs a sensory, you know, experience to have that communication. She also needs very different things than me. I like to get the very blunt, right? I don't want to, when I go to somebody and like, let's use this example. When I go to somebody and say, hey, I'm having a problem with this. I'm having a really hard day. I don't want somebody to say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. How, what, you know, you'll be okay. Like, it's going to be all right. I'm like, no, tell me how to fix my problem. <laughs> I'm like, I'm stressed because of X. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. No, no, stop, stop. Just tell me, okay. The well, and usually it's a simple response. The people I go to who actually can provide that just solution are always like, yeah, you're totally overthinking this. Just do X, Y, Z and you'll solve your problem. Right. <laughs> to me, that's amazing. That is an effective communication. But for somebody else, they need that slower approach, right? So I think how do you communicate effectively? First, first of all, you got to know your audience. That's like the first. first Which is step. why small talk is the devil. But is small talk not a bridge of understanding your audience? What? How, first of all, define. What do you mean by small talk? Define small talk because uh, small talk is uh, verbal communication that's used to fill a gap that I don't feel needs to be closed. Meaning, like, give me an example. Um, any interaction in like a service industry, if it's not effectively trying to figure out you know my order time waiting on that order or something to that effect or if i'm the server you know like trying to figure out allergy you know anything that you need the information of anything asking about that customer's day i think is small talk because it's ineffective we have a term for it because it's ineffective it's okay. small talk it doesn't go anywhere it doesn't mean anything 
So do you think that asking but, somebody how their day went is cons- is meaningless conversation? No, it's it's conversation that's designed to fill a gap that you feel awkward silence in. What relationships have you been in who have not had some component of that relationship start with the bridges of small talk? That's different. That's small that's not small talk. That's learning talk. I know that it gets classified in the same way, but I see what you're saying. my no, yeah, you. my abhorrence for it is when I'm not going to be friends with the barista at Dutch Bros. Why not? I have friends. I don't. <laughs> I have the number of friends right that I want to have. Because you don't want to be. That's fine. Right. Yeah. I have the number of friends that I want to have. I don't want new ones. Simple as that. I joined a youth group just as an example. This is a rabbit hole example. But I joined a youth group that um, they were just all about hanging out together and just mm. being just ha- living life together. I think they're doing life was their little catchphrase or whatever. And I quit after like two meetings because <laughs> I was like, I, I'm setting, yeah. I was setting aside the time to read the Bible and communicate with others in my age group and demographic about the struggles of my life through the lens of the Bible, not necessarily have friends you know what yeah, i mean but, so but isn't isn't and i'll i'll even be combated to that example is isn't in the bible their incredible advocacy for fellowship and and have, relationship yeah. that does not necessarily have to have some agenda that's obvious at the time sometimes relationships don't need to have an agenda Right, I think the you best ones have don't agenda. have an agenda. But what I'm saying is, is that that one I wasn't there to build a relationship. I have relationships and fellowships with strong Christians. I was there to replace church because I couldn't go to church effectively because I was working for a church, so I wasn't able to effectively absorb sure. yeah, yeah. the sermons because I was working. So I was in the background. I was running the media stuff. And so I wasn't able to affect it. So I was trying to get like that aspect. I was trying to get the learning aspect. And what they were doing was playing Super Mario Bros. tournaments in the downstairs of a church. There was no, it was just a group that happened to combine based on the fact that they were all Christians. I, I get it. I do get it. Right. I, it's the whole whole question of like, would you rather have, you know, ten dimes or a hundred pennies, right? Yeah. It's like you rather have the smaller, better, higher quality thing, and then and then sometimes those. I want two it, quarters. <laughs> I know that doesn't exchange well. Okay. Two fifty cent coin, two half dollars, whatever. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I, you know, I have a personal philosophy where I can invest in one relationship other than my wife at one time. I don't have the bandwidth to invest in more relationships than that. I got my relationship with my wife, which will always take priority over every other relationship. Absolutely. One, because that's Amen. what I committed to. And two, because I want to do that more than I do want to do the other. Right? Right? <laughs> it's like, I really like you, but I like my wife a whole lot more. And so I'm going to spend a lot more time with her. I then, hate doing things that take away from time with my wife. I hate, of course. I hate the trade-off of trading time with my wife for anything else. It's, it, it, is, it is hard to find the right balance there. It is. And then... I have somebody else, but here's, here's, here's the problem. I don't think that 
I think you're projecting that value on other people. I think I am too. I think that you have not communicated well with those groups that those are what your intentions are. And maybe your actions are not communicating your intentions well. That's, right? so that's if you say, possible. If you I'm, say, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to come to this youth group. Oh, I'm having a lot of fun. And then you just drop off the map for a month. That's not communicating effectively what those needs are. And so I, th- I think maybe this is turning you into <laughs> to, uh, what's the most effective way to communicate to are you communicating, <laughs> right? Because if you don't... Which, you know, is... What is the most effective way to communicate? Not Henry's way. Well, no, I don't. I think I think there's elements of Henry's way that are right. I think that I think there's things there's advantages to being able to do this. Well, maybe you don't need a ton of feedback, and maybe that means you're really effective at communicating with the small group of people that you have, and you're getting all of those social and emotional needs met. But some people don't have those skills, so bringing it home a little bit. Okay, you say, okay, well, I don't need a ton of people to feel socially taken care of. I have enough people to where I'm not living in an echo chamber. That means, obviously, you're communicating effectively with those people to some extent, or else you wouldn't be getting a specific piece of feedback that you'd be craving, right? You'd be searching for something that you need. That's just your temperament. If I don't, if something's missing, I have to go find it. Mm. And so if you feel like you're getting that, what are the ways that you've learned to communicate effectively with your wife, for example, that has allowed you to lower that need for community because you have a thorough communication channel with somebody that is close to you? What are the specific tactics that you have found are effective? And what are the specific tactics that you have seen fall on their face? Um, so when I communicate... When I communicate with anyone, we can use my wife as an example, but when I communicate with anyone, I have learned that speaking a thought as if someone is seeing my thought is ineffective. So assuming the assuming that people are making the intuitive connections that you're making in your head of like... For example, a, a, a lot of people will communicate with like, oh, the thing about the thing. Those will be the words that they say. Oh, well, it's that thing. Or, oh, you know you know what I'm talking about. You hear those yeah. phrases. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I mean, do I? Some people, right. some people get it, right? If I could say, oh, the, you know, the, you know his name. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, that guy. Right. But somebody else might completely. Which I think miss I've it. done like four times on this on the last two episodes of this podcast. Yeah, I think perfect example. <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. I I think some people require you know explicit. Yeah, and I think I just tend to assume that everyone can see my brain. So mm-hmm. when I'm trying to effectively effectively communicate, understanding that not everyone knows what I'm thinking about, and. When I'm going into it, not when I'm stuck in the middle of it, trying to say, like, what's this actor's name? You know who I'm talking about. So I guess one effective communication lesson is think before you speak, which is plot out what you're going to say and who you're saying it to, which I think is what we've been saying for. Well, I'm actually realizing something as we're kind of going through this. 
I don't think it's think before you speak. I think the unique problem that we're discussing is eventually, if you're not intentional enough with what you're trying to communicate, you just start vocalizing your entire thought process. And so I'm thinking about times that I've I've been communicating. And anytime I talk too long about, about something, somebody tries to ask me a question, it's like I won't talk to anybody for like days at a time. And then I'll finally get in front of somebody. And I'll start talking to them about, people say, oh, well, how's your day? Right? And I'll like, if it's somebody I'm close with, I'll say, oh, you know, it was X, Y, Z. It was okay here. But actually, I think that, you know, this has been a little bit different lately. And I think that's because of this reason. And well, that's related to this thing I was thinking about earlier. And then I'll start to think out loud, thinking that that's a conversation. When it's not a conversation, I'm just letting the thoughts kind of fall out of my face. Mm. And then I'm expecting engagement back. But people are like, I can't follow this. Because because when you think it, those connections kind of make their it's happen on their own. It's kind of like talking like how a five-year-old kid learns how to tell stories, you know? Explain. Like five-year-old kids don't necessarily know how to craft a narrative with a beginning, middle, and end. So when they tell a story mm, of yeah, their day, exactly. it's so loose train of thought. Just everything that happened in that day comes up in a short right. sentence and it bounces like crazy. So if you're not crafting a narrative with every community, I guess that's... Like, I mean, that's obviously painted by the way that I think about everything, which is story comes first. But if you're not crafting a narrative, I don't think you're being effective with your communication because if you're not, and narrative is a loose term here, meaning what your meaning is, is the narrative. But even just right now, you just did exactly what I said, which is you were starting to think about something. You got lost in your own thought. (laughs) You started to, to make little adjustments to, well, when I'm talking about narrative and actually wait, no, when I say narrative, I'm talking more loosely. And that's really hard for a lot of people to follow. I think really hard for people to, to read a script and also read the footnotes and the, um, like director's notes and the choreography and the everything at the same time, right? That's difficult for a lot of people to follow. What most people need, including ourselves, when people are communicating to us, is very clear, linear conversation of, let's say I asked, how was your day? People want to hear, it was good. I did X, Y, Z, the end. Start, middle, finish. I think that's just the way our minds work. I don't think that we absorb anything non-linearly, but we communicate it that way. We process non-linearly all the time. Yeah, for right? sure. But we don't we don't absorb things non-linearly, or at least in a followable way. Well, I think that it's easier to think than it is to talk. I think it's easier to talk than it is to communicate effectively (laughs) and so because there's this giant gap between what you're thinking and how you're talking that's where the communication problem comes in right and i think it's easier to listen to something oh for sure absorb it than it is to communicate that same thing so i think the first thing to communicating effectively is you got to get linear and and i think you have to separate yourself from this thinking mode in your brain and mm-hmm. you you have to actively turn on the switch of okay now it's time for me to communicate this information 
effectively. But then there's scenarios where the rule, like there's exceptions to the rule. For example, a podcast is way more fun when it's less linear, in my opinion. It's way more engaging because when you're listening to a podcast, you're not necessarily trying to absorb a lot of uh, important information. You're just trying to follow a conversation. It feels more engaging because conversations often are communicated differently. So I think it, it kind of also depends on the context of the conversation. If, if you are just having a conversation with a friend, right, just let your thoughts be shared with each other. Just communicate thoughts. If you're brainstorming in a brainstorming session at work, just think, allow yourself the freedom to just think a little bit um, yeah, don't, outwardly. Don't filter and try to structure anything because then you're going to lose out. Unless on... there's specific moments where you feel like you need to be very precise in what you're trying to say. Yeah, so being able to read that room is important. But And then you have other contexts. So for example, in an emergency, right? An emergency is not a time for nonlinear conversation. No. Right? Or um, when you need someone to do something specific. Right. So if I need somebody to do something for me or I'm asking somebody to do something for me or someone says they want to do me a favor, I can't expect a linear result if I do not communicate linearly in the first place. So if I say, well, I want this done in this way, in this order, at this time, for this reason, I have to communicate it in those in that way. Right. I can't just say, well, I've been really worried about this and oh yeah, by the way, and this is something that I've been struggling with or this is something I need help with or this is something that's been good and so oh, by the it, way, this is because this is important. You've got to be very explicit. If you need an action from the other person. Say, if you need actionable steps or something, you got to remove the fluff. The fluff and you have to remove the feeling. Honestly, you do have to remove the feeling of I'm going to hurt this person's feelings. I don't agree. I completely disagree with that. And the reason I do is because if you actually want somebody to do the thing that you want them to do, they have to want to do it because that's the difference between authority and influence. Okay. Maybe not hurt their feelings. I guess what I'm trying to say is, is inconvenience them with the information. I I think their feelings is a rough term. Obviously you don't want to walk around hurting people. I think you have to, and this is where tone comes in, right? Because if I say, um, Henry, you're doing a really good job. Or I say, Henry, dude, you've been killing it lately. I'm saying the same thing, but your reception of what I just said are now two completely different things. And you can tell me all day long that you don't care which one I say, but I've had conversations with you and I have had delivery that was just to inform you of something I need you to do or something that you did really well. And if I, you know, think the last two years versus 10 years ago, right. And the response is completely different. If I'm talking to my four-year-old, sometimes I have to just say, or my five-year-old, sometimes I just say, you need to do X, Y, and Z. I don't have time to consider you know, whatever. That's actually not the case. I never can't consider the emotions of a situation, no matter what. And if you look at any great leader who you've ever seen in any way or any great communicator, they never disregard the emotional element of the conversation ever. 
And so I don't think you have to disregard the feelings of people. It's inconvenient for you to do so. But if you want to communicate effectively, which is the question we're asking, it just takes more effort from you to communicate in a more effective way that would be received better by the, the person you're communicating to. And so I, I think that's a, a, a farce that you can't communicate effectively and kindly at the same time. I think Yeah, and that's not what I was trying to say. I wasn't necessarily trying to say communicate unkindly in order think, to create action. But think but what about was, it. You didn't. And so the point you were making didn't land the way you wanted it to. Right. If what you meant was, well, I think that you don't like the way that you just explained it versus oh, you don't need to care about people's feelings when communicating. Even though you may have meant something, it was right. completely lost because you didn't take into account the emotional requirement of what you were trying to say. Right. So that's a, that's a number two in my mind is you actually do have to consider the other person's feelings when communicating if you want to communicate effectively. And now if you just want to communicate and you want to get it off your, you want to check the box of, oh, I told X person to do whatever, then yeah, sure, just say it however you want. But if you want that to actually get results, I think you have to be linear. And I think you have to care about people's feelings. As inconvenient as that may be, and and not even just inconvenient, as exhausting as that is. Because the reason you avoid it is because it drains you. Right? Yeah. The reason that's the I only, avoid yeah, that's communication. The only, yeah. the, or communicating in that manner. Well, it's not necessarily, again, it's not necessarily that I avoid communicating in that manner. I I avoid communicating in a manner that removes truth in order to appease feelings. Can but you can do both. You can appease feelings I, and be yeah, just as true in I, any scenario. I agree, but I'm saying I don't agree with communicating in a way that sacrifices truth. So give me an example. To appease feelings. Like if you're telling someone that they're doing a bad job, I don't appreciate being told that I'm doing a bad job with fluff of saying you're a really great worker, but just tell me I did a bad job. Just like you said at the top of the talk, I don't need to hear all this. Well, I think we need to go a different. No, tell me what I did wrong. Tell me when I did it wrong, you know, communicate to me. And so I think that that's invaluable to have. So what's more, what I'll, 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 I agree that you don't need extra words, but I do think that tone is really important. I'm not disagreeing that tone is important, but what I'm saying is if you're sacrificing truth and message in yeah, order don't to, lie. That's a really good, I think that's a fundamental. <laughs> right. But that's what I'm trying to say is here. that I feel like a lot of communicative cooldowns are wasted on communicating to appease emotion rather than to seek truth and appease emotion. Just combine the two. Yeah, I think you're right. I think combine if the two. If you're trying and, to and the way you do that, give truthful statements about so, so people. So how do you do that? I think you just have to think more about things before you're trying to communicate them. I think you need to preparation. Yeah. I think you need to craft more communication. For instance, I don't just fire off the first draft of an email that I write. Oh, definitely not. 
you know, you write Sometimes it. Sometimes I rewrite times. them 10, 15 times because my first one is like, let's say I'm frustrated. My first text that I send is usually not the worst one. It's usually, it's usually angry. But then by my fifth or sixth iteration of that text, it's usually really, really not appropriate. Like it's like just like. Cause I've now stewed in that stuff, yeah. but I still don't send it. So I'll, I'll start off, you know, with, with, you know, things and then it'll get really passive aggressive. Like, well, in per my last email that you agree to, that you said, okay, to right. you, whatever. Blah, blah. <laughs> and then at the end, it's usually like, Hey guys, um, do we have an update on this? <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Question mark. <laughs> right. So that's, a, that's, on? that's something that did I sacrifice truth there? I mean, maybe I was really frustrated and, but again, is that necessary information in the context, in the context, maybe at a later time, it's important to communicate that. I think that goes back to that. last week's conversation about objectivity. There are things that are more usefully true to the entire group. You know, that break point of when mm-hmm. some subjective yeah, thing, you know, right. like your frustration is really like your subjective, objective truth and projecting that is not effective communication. Yeah. It's not going to, it's not, it's a, not going to get, it's not going to get received the way that you think. So there was a really, really funny key and peel skit like about this. I love um, that one where they were texting each other back and And one of them is mad and the other one, and one of them's like, smoking weed. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that happens all the time. And you, you have to learn to, remove yourself a little bit emotionally from, Mm -hmm. from the conversation while still being aware. And so it's this weird balance where it's like, okay, I'm not going to let whatever's being communicated to me change my strategy that I had going into this. If I can avoid it, obviously sometimes there are exceptions to where it will need to happen that way. But I think having this understanding that people don't communicate emotionally well at all anyway. And so it's not necessarily just about maybe emotionally neutral is effective. If you don't know how to read the emotional situation, just stay emotionally neutral. Um, but yeah, it's, it's wild, man. Just communicating anything. It's just such a multi-step process because there's so many variables that can change. And this is why the, the world spends, you know, billions of dollars on, on, research on this on training on leadership development on books and and everything about how to communicate yeah. um, because people just fundamentally aren't that good at it and i don't know why i really don't know why i i think it's because is that do we I think, think do we, you think that's more of a western thing do you think it's more relevant huh. in in these kind of more individualistic cultures it probably i want to say it probably is because you know there's been studies done that western cultures value the individual more than the group and so therefore each individual is trying to as we showed at the top of this talk with my rant on small talk each individual is trying to communicate their value system their value system loudest yeah which i mean maybe a topic for another day but i don't even know what the right answer to that is on whether or not that's a net benefit or an or you know a negative yes yeah. individualist you know ideology that's kind of yeah come well, out yeah i think there are 
both. But anyway, yeah, you're right. That is a wrong talk. Well, I think a lot of it does lie in the communication space, right? So one of the biggest benefits of this individualist, you know, kind of culture is the ability to communicate boundaries, right? Because in these group, you know, mindset cultures, a lot of the times people sacrifice things they don't need to sacrifice to appease a group who's not willing to change. Whereas the individualist level has the opposite problem where it's like the individual is not willing to change to the needs of the group, even though the group may need the individual to change. Yeah. And so it's, I think yeah, that's a whole nother communication. That's a whole nother thing. Why? <laughs> yeah. Like there's so much employee training on how to be a good team member. Right. Not just team leadership. You know, you have to, there's so much training revol- revolving around and it's looks good on a resume if you're a good team player. And that's why I think extroversion actually succeeds more in the, in any space, I think which it is has, true. I mean, I think it has a materialistic advantage. Um, it's very pragmatic to be, have that extroverted nature to you because it allows you to stay more engaged in a group setting. And yeah. most things are done in a group setting. Most, you know, at least from this, you know, materialistic capitalist world. Well, yeah. In. Any, any kind of capitalist or even not, even just if you want to create change at scale, you need, people to do so right it's yeah kind of lassoing the conversation a little bit i think the first thing we talked about is the need to prepare right you got to prepare before if you have time to even if it's even if it's two minutes right it's always and i've learned this in at you know in work where i you know have 180 people that work for me and i've had me i have meetings you know every single day yeah any time you can take 2 minutes to step away to go to the bathroom before you start a meeting everyone will give you 2 minutes to go to the bathroom because it's always going to be fine to do so and sometimes you need to go to the bathroom take your 2 minutes collect yourself create some level of a plan or even just a system of values you're going to use in that conversation. I'm going to be calm. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be clear. I'm going to be whatever. Define what those things are. Before I think. You go into the I think those three things are probably pretty good tenets of effective communication in general. For sure. Calm, kind, clear. I think that's pretty much what we've been talking about. Prepared is calm. And I think kind is emotional, and clear is linear. Yeah, calm, kind, and clear. I love that. That's great. There you go. That's the most effective way to communicate. However, I do think there's something to be said about you can be kind even when you're frustrated. And and how do you do that well? Uh, I'm still learning how to do that, but I think that uh, understanding that frustration is a momentary feeling. I think and that, that you care about the person you're communicating with beyond the, the frustration. You know what I mean? I think that's the big thing. Looking at it from a more of a leadership perspective, it is really important to realize that your job is not to command people, it's to mm. be with people. Yeah. And so the way you communicate kindly when you're frustrated is you have to get out of the headspace that it's about you. Right. Well, yeah, the person that you're communicating to will have a longer memory than your frustration will last. Oh, for sure. So it's, it's interesting the way that relationships work where it's like, it takes a hundred 
good communications for every one bad communication you have at least. Yeah. Um, because you're right. People will remember, I mean, think about yourself. Even you remember the way that, you know, someone communicated poorly to you when you were four years old, Mm -hmm. right? When you were in school, right? You remember those one or two big moments where it's like, man, my parents, my teachers, my friends, whatever, they really dropped the ball. We're not like dogs. I can yell at my dog. And he's still excited to see me come home the <laughs> next hour. Yeah, right. I, I exactly. did. I did today. Uh, there's uh, something to be said about those bad communication moments. And I think maybe the last kind of tip to communicating well is have an awareness of that, that communicating poorly will stick a lot longer. And so you don't need to be afraid of it. You just need to be tactical yeah. Right. Be that calm, kind, and clear. Calm, kind, calm, kind, clear, and conscious. And conscious. There yeah, we I'm go. coining this. <laughs> we're coining this as part of the this obsessive is, podcast. This is the obsessed cast calm, trademark. Kind, <laughs> calm, kind, cl- clear, conscious, and conscious. Um, which are hard to all do at once. To be fair, right. it is hard to do all. How many voicemails things. have you left that hit any of those? Um, I don't leave voicemails <laughs> and I don't leave voicemails for a very specific reason. This is another communication tip that I learned when I was in that sales position for a little bit. How likely are you to respond to a phone call that leaves a voicemail versus, for example, let's say that your wife calls you, leaves a voicemail. You're going to listen to the voicemail. You're going to get what you need out of it and you're not going to call her back. Most likely. Now, maybe in the voicemail, if you say, call me back. Potentially, but if you see five missed calls, two missed calls, three missed calls, you're going to call that number back. Yeah. Right? Way more than if I call you twice and leave a voicemail, you're just going to read the voicemail. Counter to that, if a number that I don't recognize doesn't leave me a voicemail, I don't call them back. You're right. But if a number you don't recognize leaves you a voicemail, you're not going to prioritize that voicemail. That's I disagree with that. I do prioritize those because those ones one or most or more often the real people because the bots will just hang up true Two, I can read what they're saying. And then I know if it's something that I need to get back to and I can make an actionable step, you know what I mean? If you're talking like answering machine from the nineties, then yeah, you're right. Voicemail boxes are full. That's the other problem. There's a lot of, I clean out your, I hate that. Clean out your inbox. I, yep. I'm the same way. I'm, I'm very particular about that kind of stuff. I don't let, you know, I have tons of filters in my email because yeah. I get probably because of my work email and my personal email, I get probably, and this isn't even an exaggeration, probably hundred emails a day. Some of those are necessary to get at some point. So I need to be able to reference them. So I have a bunch of filters on my email to where it's like, it'll automatically archive those, those right. emails. Yeah. But I check my email probably four or five times a day and I'm meticulous about removing. I, I, I go, I never let email spam exist. I always unsubscribe. Yeah. Always. The first time I see the email, because so I cannot stand. Just to wrap it up then, what's an effective way to be communicated to? Unsubscribing from spam. Yeah, but get, be, have have a, uh, an open inbox, right? So like right. you got to be organized. Most people at this day and age communicate digitally. You cannot have a bunch of crap on your phone. Remove as many notifications. I could write a whole book about this. You need to remove all of the unnecessary notifications from your phone, 
right? How many yeah. times, how many push notifications a day do you get from all of your Taco Bell and and oh, I, Pinterest I and you don't, <laughs> yeah. but the average person, right? Right, tons, tons, yeah, tons, tons. Yeah. When you see that notification that you don't want to read, instead of just swiping it off your screen, go just hold long click on it, silence notifications from that app, and move on. It will never happen again. It's amazing. Go into your email, unsubscribe from all the spam, clean out your inbox. I know I'm talking to you, the person with 10,000 unread emails. I saw a screenshot today of someone, they had 14,000 unread emails, and they said in the new software update or something that badge went away. I was like, you should be thanking them for taking that badge away so that you don't see 14,637 <laughs> unread yeah. emails. It is you should be intense. paying them to do that. And so clean out your inbox, set up filters, takes 10 minutes, 10 minutes, and unsubscribe from stuff you don't need to see. Remove the communication white noise so that you can respond effectively. Okay, so noise canceling is one for being communicated to. Yeah, noise canceling. and And then understand that, unfortunately, you don't always get to determine when people have to communicate to you. Yeah. That's a tough one for me. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you can't set specific boundaries. So, um, if you for the working people, right, white collar people, people who do a lot of communication over email, things that can be sent from text that should have been, or things that are sent in the text that could have been from email, set those boundaries with your coworkers and with your partners, and say, hey, next time when it's not urgent, send it to me via email. I'll get back to you within twenty four to thirty six hours. That's what I do, right? And so that way you can compartmentalize your communication channels by urgent versus important. If it's to text to me or a phone call, if it's a phone call, I know it's the most important. If it's um, a text message, I know it's as soon as I can get to it. If it's an email, I'm told everybody who emails me 24 to 36 hours, you cannot expect me to be responding to those things. I ought to put it on, I I ought to set up an auto reply. When someone emails me, I send it, hey, thanks for contacting me. I'll send you an email in 24 hours. <laughs> Understanding the, the different levels of communication priority and then making a priority to communicate back with people who've communicated to you, right? You, It's, yeah. it's the right thing to do. People are waiting on information. People, are, people deserve, if you're allowing people to communicate to you and allowing people in your life, you they deserve to to get responses in a timely manner. That doesn't mean immediately, doesn't mean right away, but within a timely manner. Yeah, it does mean don't leave a text on red for three to five business days. It's not ideal, I think. Yeah, in, which is why I wanted to change that about myself because that was not a good especially reputation. Especially considering people, you would expect that from somebody else. If you expect people to communicate to you timely, you need to also communicate timely to right. other people. Yeah, this is something that I've been been. I mean, if I go back, you know, four or five years ago, I mean, you even, I mean, you know this. I I was not a good communicator at all. But as I've gotten older, and as I've had more time, and ha- I've had more people, accountability systems, people who held me accountable for the way I communicate, I've learned how to do the communication thing a little bit better. Yeah. It's just something in my opinion that, that you are responsible for getting right. 
as time goes yeah. on you got to get better at it it's something you have to prioritize yeah, small it's... talk sucks learn how to do it more effectively so that you can get out of it faster yeah I, i've learned how to do this from like little one-liners um whenever i do like corporate stuff like going to atlanta or whatever for corporate visits and stuff i have a specific script that i use when i talk to all the little corporate people because i know i'm going to have these small talk conversations yeah, I have 550 a, I have times a few of those. and the reason why that's valuable is because at some point you're going to you're right it it seems pointless you never know until you need a favor yeah how how purposeful those little small talk conversations can be right my favorite is when someone asks me how it's going I say I can't complain. It's too early. Dave Ramsey great, has yeah. that, uh, you know, better than I deserve line. Yeah. Right. How are you, Dave? I'm better than I deserve. It's, yeah. It's quick. It's effective, and it it also sets the stage for who he is as a person. Yeah. And so it it moves the conversation. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's how you avoid small talk. You need a one liner intro that moves the conversation to a deeper level immediately. So anyone that communicates with me for the next three weeks, you're going to be subjected to a lot of one-liners. I'm sorry, but I'm te- I'm using you as a test audience. So uh, just be aware of that. Uh. <laughs> cool. Okay, so it's noise canceling, prioritization, and understanding that you can't get away from communicating because people are what matter. It's true. I think that's how to be communicated to effectively as well. So, yeah, you're right. It is hard sometimes when you're having a bad day. Just communicate that in clear, concise, kind, and conscious it, it ways. It can even be hard when you're having a good day because sometimes you'll rush it and you'll end up saying something stupid because you you're in a good mood. So you can't. You're not even aware that other people's lives are falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So you'd be rushing right. and you end up skipping somebody who needed. I think that's time. yeah, yeah. Clear, concise. No, clear, conscious, kind, and. What was the fourth one? Clear, conscious, kind, and... Clear, kind... I don't remember. It wasn't con- It wasn't concise, but it was like concise. It was... Calm? Calm. Yeah, That's calm. Calm, kind, clear. Because even when you're mad, conscious. if you can stay calm... Yeah. You Not only do you, do, will you better serve the person you communicate to, but it comes with this, like... Subliminal level of yeah, yeah. exactly yeah cachet right. the perfect example of this is Mufasa like there's literally right. no better example <laughs> of somebody who when they're angry yeah is he has his moment but then he's immediately composed and stoic and that you deliberately disobeyed exactly me. right <laughs> you, remember when he says that and I'm feeling I'm feeling guilty when I'm yeah. watching the movie Jeez. anyway oh true cool well. Thank you for listening to this week's Obsessed Cast. If you want to listen to more, find us on our YouTube channel in the links in the About section. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Next week, we're talking about nature versus nurture. We hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Peace. Welcome to the Obsessed Cast. I'm Henry. And I'm B Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> irrit, irrit.